The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, children of all ages, lovers, muggers, thieves, all y'all out there, welcome back to the Boston Podcast. It's wicked cool that you joined us today. Thank you for sharing the show. That's how we spread the mojo. Hit the share button on your app. Do me a solid, you know, every word out of my mouth on this podcast is a desperate cry for help, and you can do your small part to make me feel okay, everybody. Um, My name is Dave, but more importantly, uh, my guest today is speaker, coach, author, relationship builder, really cool person. My friend Diane Darling is on the TV show. It's not a TV show; it's a podcast. So I'm, I'm just frustrated. Um, game show host at heart. You I can, can tell. tell. This is I yes. This is such fun. Yeah. Such fun. So I've known Diane for a while, and I've known her work for even longer. She is a networking guru, author of the Networking Survival Guide, available on Amazon and on Audible. Is that the book and, that's on? Yes. Yes. Okay. We were just talking about how Diane's book obviously caught somebody's eye at Audible because all of a sudden one day a nice uh, voiceover artist named uh, somebody, Leslie. Les- <laughs> Les- Leslie Howard sent Leslie me a Howard. tweet and said, I just did your book. I was the voiceover person for your book. That's so cool. On Audible. And I'm thinking, wow, I had no idea. McGraw-Hill did not tell me that. But I am now trying to do what I can to get the word out. Hey, well, we'll do our part here on Audible. She is... Um, among the, the world's authority, as far as I'm concerned, on networking and really breaks it down. We're going to get into some of these things because I do think networking is fascinating, even though people dread it, right? I mean, people dread it because it's misunderstood. If I mm-hmm. could find a different word for networking, I would. But no one says at the end of the conference, we're going to do some relationship building. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, that's it's the better, word. Well, relationship building is a lot better than networking. Because it is, I, I but think, it's not the it's not the phrase people use. That's so right. yeah. I have, you know, an ambitious, probably unrealistic goal is to change how people think about networking. And make it more fun. Make it more fun. And so my first definition is networking is building relationships before you need them. Okay. And the second definition is networking is the transference of trust. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll agree with both of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the thing is, People networking as a buzzword is like as soon as you become a professional, I, I can remember being having my first job as a as a lawyer, you know, low guy on the totem pole of a small law firm. But they they stress networking, but there wasn't necessarily any training, which is doesn't doesn't make them unlike any other law firm really. But they they actually gave like young associates a budget and said, you know, go take prospects yeah. out to lunch and to the ball game and to and so then. It would be like, what'd you do? And it's like, oh, well, I took somebody to the Red Sox game. It's like, oh, networking. Great. Networking. Well, that's kind of networking. It could be, it can be networking. It can be a great networking, but it's not necessarily networking. Like just going, like I went to a networking event and you think that's it. Check the box, right? Do some people think that way? They do. In fact, it's curious. I just came back from teaching at Yale Law School. Yale Law School? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they need to be educated. So yeah. Those Yaleys. <laughs> Those no, Yaleys. That, that, uh, so Yale, Harvard. Uh, law school, a number of universities 
law schools, and but not um, in law firms and corporations as well. But um, it's interesting in the legal world, because you know that one well, Yeah. Um, that the top schools have realized they really need to help the students, and particularly how to network with alums. See, yeah, and I've never heard that before. And they hold they hold alumni events up the wazoo, I mean, because, yep. you know, they're, you know, perhaps uh, principally driven by the fact that you keep those keep those alumni involved and they give more money to the school. And you nailed it. So right. this, this is it all goes back to show me the money. Yeah, but, right. you know, yeah. So my understanding is um, at a number of schools, they've had alums who have Sorry, called a late on the draw on that one. That's right. Get the point, yeah. We've had they've had alums who have called and said, you need to teach the students how to network. Yeah. And because, um, you know, either the students don't know how to introduce themselves, they don't know how to follow up or they stalk or, yeah. or they, you know, oh, Dave Yatz was really helpful. You know, put his information out on social. Well, not everybody. That wasn't what Dave was yeah. intending. He in, he liked you and he wanted to help you because there was a specific issue. Right. So it was teaching them how to do that. So it was an interesting, it was a very quick session, I have to say, but it was wonderful. I, um, I was with a partner from a, a New York firm, and the two of us co-taught it, and she talked about cool. how important it was, one, to do it, and two, um, how to do it. Mm-hmm. And some interesting, and something she and I shared that was interesting, she went to the International School of Rio. I went to the International School of Bangkok. I think she got the better of that deal, I mean, uh, just in terms of decor. Maybe, maybe. So <laughs> we, Bangkok's probably lovely. I it's great, yeah, but okay. you know, we each had these wow. really interesting you know, expatriate um, experiences and environments. Right. And I wanted to politely say you could talk to her about that, but that's not going to be necessarily something that's going to advance your career. Let me back up one sec. Why Bangkok? should ask that right away. My father was a specialist in Southeast Asian politics before I was born, BC, wow. before children. My parents lived in Bangkok, Thailand for three years. So do you speak Thai? Did I even ask like Thai? Is that, a, is that a, you, <laughs> a little bit. Nitnoi um, means a little bit. Okay. I see. Or sabadika, which means hello. Unless I have a menu in front of me, I'm useless. There you and go. Even that, <laughs> sorry, but that's very interesting. What that must have been quite an experience. It was quite an experience, and my parents in heaven are probably you know laughing and crying all at the same time because imagine taking three young daughters. I was 16, my sister was 14, and the other one was six. Mm. Moving them across the world, yeah. the middle of their school year, and starting a new school when you're a junior in high school and then going back to rural Indiana, which people had never thought about leaving their zip code right? and, uh, and going and finishing high school there. So it was, and I give them all the credit in the world as a grown up. I mean, but that must've been a pretty grim situation for all of you. Yeah. 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 We, we were all miserable, you know, so, but it was, so I, it was an, an incredible experience and it was, I had lived in Asia when I was six years old. At that point I went to an Asian school mm-hmm. because the American school was too far away in first, first grade in the Philippines. But, um, here we went to the international school and, you know, my closest friend was Dutch and another person was French. And did you spend most of your time speaking English though? Or absolutely. The, oh, cla- yeah. the, okay. the, 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 the school was taught was preparing you for American college. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I see. Okay. It was, the international schools for the most part, the international schools for the most part, prepare you for a U.S. college. Mm-hmm. The British school, the French school, those particular schools prepare you for their universities. You spent, um, you know, a lot of time in Bangkok. Most people don't even get to spend one night in Bangkok. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Murray Head. No, we don't have to play. You never heard this song, One Night in Bangkok? No? And you lived in Bangkok and you've never heard One Night in Bangkok? No, I'll have to look this up now. It's It was an 80s pop song by 
This guy, Murray Head. So by the way, go to DianeDarling.com to learn all about Diane. How do you spend most of your time? Speaking engagements, personal coaching, a little bit of everything? Speaking engagements for the most part. Really? So I go okay. into corporations, universities, nonprofits, trade associations, conferences, and, you know, one, it's to help people make the most out of exactly where they are at that moment. How mm -hmm. do you, you know, you walk into most conferences now and people are on their phones. Right. And so how can you get people off their phones and talking to each other? So one, I help with just actually that part of the experience in the engagement then. And then I also help people think about the strategy. And I do other things besides networking, but that's the core thing of what I know I'm known for. You're a busy woman. I am a busy woman. What? And I write books on occasions and... So I wanna, I'm working at some online classes. So. What are the biggest mistakes? Uh, this is going to sound like sort of a pablum question, but like, what is? Some, I want to talk about some of the mistakes people make in network or the or the misconceptions, the things that immediately come to mind. So the first, the misconception is is that networking is transactional. It should be relational. Okay. And so networking is, you know, hey Dave, how are you? What are you going to do for me? I, you know, it's been five minutes and you haven't given me a lead or you haven't given me a your credit card. You know, oh, you're no good to me. Instead of, gee, Dave, I saw you 10 years ago. I think it's some legal thing probably or where we have, where, where you and I have had multiple intersections yes. in life. Yes. And, um, oh, congratulations, I saw on LinkedIn. You know, I mean, I was doing this long before. My first book, I had to redo it because mm -hmm. when I wrote it in 2003, LinkedIn wasn't even around. Right. So, you know, now I, can, now I can go on LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, I just saw you, you started this podcast. I'd love to be a guest. Or, by the way, you should interview so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Why does so-and-so come to mind? That's the networking question. So, in other words, when you say I should be interviewing so-and-so, and by the way, you've put my finger on it. This, this podcast is networking for me. And, and I tell people, podcasting, I hope you agree, podcasting is a great way to network because if you have your own show, you get to invite someone in and talk to them in a way that allows them to, to you get to know each other. And then, you know, hopefully you're doing a solid for the person. But really, the, this this kind of interaction you and I are having, we already know each other. But it's but it's it's a, a heck of a lot better way, I think, than having to force people, you know, to go meet you for a coffee at Panera. No offense, Panera. But, you know, um, and, Absolutely. Then, and then sometimes that's awkward. Like you sit down and like, how, how do you recommend people do that? In other words, let's say you have someone that you want to network with that you know can be a good source of business for you or advantageous to you in some way. Do you actually put a strategy in your head like, I'm going to meet with this, connect with this person like four times a year and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z? So in theory, I try and connect with my entire network at least four times a year, okay. if not more often with a newsletter. Um, sometimes I'm better than that than not. I did send one out this last weekend. It was Valentine's. And so I had a funny one saying, you know, here's a darling sending you a Valentine, you uh, know, ha ha. Yeah, and I good. was dog sitting. So I had a picture of me, you know, I'm getting some love from the dog. And it was kind of all kind of tongue in cheek, obviously. Right. And I can get by with it because of my name. You right. know, I can get by with that. I do encourage people to, and because of technology now, you can do a newsletter three or four times a year. I know one woman, Chinese New Year's is her thing. Okay, know, she's not right. even Chinese, but she adopted ch ch children from China. So a lot of people know she has had this intersection with China for a long time. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I do think that when you say you want to sit down for a cup of coffee, I like to know what do you have in mind? Is it, yeah. you know, it, what, 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 what came, I, nothing against you and nothing against coffee. Right. I just kind of like, do you have something specific in mind you'd like to talk about? Mm -hmm. Earlier today, I was supposed to have lunch with somebody or a meeting with somebody she said, you know, would you mind doing it over the phone? And she had a very specific agenda. And it was great because I knew she knew what she wanted to ask. 
She knew what her budget was. She knew what her hope was. We talked about it's a new project for her. Um, and so it, it helped. So it was a great situation. So I felt valued. She felt that she got what she wanted. We have another, you know, the idea is after a networking thing, what's going to happen next? That's the big problem. And that that's the big problem have, right? is yeah. a lot of people don't know. And yep. so, you know, and the, the, I was reading the Boston Business Journal, great way to network. Mm. And so I saw an article in there about a really interesting woman. I went to LinkedIn and I said, I love what you do. Congratulations for being in the Boston Business Journal. You know, hope to cross paths at some point. What I'm going to do next is send her a postcard. And the mm -hmm. reason why I send postcards is she doesn't even have to open up the mail. I like that. And yeah. it's the postcard that has the chart, how to work a room that you referenced before. I did, before we started recording, I said, Diane has oh, there this, we go. this awesome. It's on my homepage. Yes. So go to dianedarling.com if you want to see it. It's, it's, you'd think that such a thing couldn't be created. It's almost like a schematic of how to work a room. It's not almost a schematic. It is a schematic of how to work a room with like little, you know, figures. Is like and the, like the is the bar there like the you it's know, not it, it was a breakfast <laughs> event in fairness oh it was a breakfast event okay yeah I once wrote a column for Lawyers Weekly about um, secrets to working a room at a cocktail party it was kind of tongue in cheek but you know part of it was go up to the even if you're not gonna have a drink go up and get a Pepsi because it, it gives you like a way to sort of warm up your brain and then you go there and a lot of people will feel more comfortable I always do with something in their hands as they're walking around. So um, a, a tip I'll share with you yep. is for people who are nervous and they say, oh, Diane, what do I do? I have sweaty hands. Yep. I say, hold the drink in your right hand. Oh. And then you say, oh, Dave, I'm so sorry. That drink was all wet and cold. And I go shake hands and ah. you have no idea if my right hand was wet and cold or it was I was holding a cold can of Coke. Interesting. The other thing or that's great. Or wear white gloves like Mickey Mouse. There you go. It'll be a conversation starter. Or the queen. Right. Uh, the other thing that's great about hanging at the bar is it's a, it's, it's a little bit of chaos. Right. You know, and so I will, you know, typically say to somebody, I'm not sure we've had a chance to say hello tonight. That's good. I That's never good. say nice to meet you because as a speaker, there's a term called parasocial. Somebody introduced me to. So I have a parasocial relationship with Oprah. <laughs> you do. In other words, you feel like I know her. I feel good. like yeah. I know her, you yeah. know, but and I if I yeah, this is a. It's kind of, I saw Clay Christensen, who sadly just passed away, mm -hmm. professor at Harvard Business School, and okay. I had seen him speak num numerous times. I'd met him once or twice, um, but I happened to see him crossing the street in New York City, and it was out of context. And I'm like, Clay, how are you? And he's yeah, like, fine, yeah. how are you? And I thought, oh my gosh, this poor man. Yeah, right. What? And so the next time I saw him, I said, I have this quirky to story to tell you. And he was six foot five, a very, very tall man. Mm. I'm not. And I said, I have this funny just dream. He said, you know what? I think I remember that. Because my, my wife said, who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, it's apropos of podcasting. I always bring it around to podcasting, you know. I, I, I hear just, that voice. I know that voice. That's David's voice. Exactly. And, ne and never mind me, anyone, anyone you who is your podcaster of choice, you know, you listen. It, that's why, uh, I mean, one of the things that's cool about podcast, it's intimate and you feel like you know the person. So Exactly. So when I met, um, you know, comedian Adam Carolla does a podcast I listen to frequently and he did a live version of it in Boston and he did a little meet and greet afterwards. And I went up to him afterwards and just very naturally started talking to him because I thought because he doesn't know me. I mean, I mean, no, he knows I'm a fan, but whatever. So um, I would do that with Joe Namath. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I have a huge crush on Joe Namath. I think I just listened to his book. He reads his book. Really? Yeah. If you if you want to listen to a fun book right now. It's an amazing book. He's got that little lisp, lisp when he says like play. He can't. He has yeah. to struggle, but that's part of his charm, I guess. Broadway, well, a Broadway very show. authentic story for someone who has been, you know, obviously very successful and had some in 
Uncomfortable moments? Uncomfortable, wildly publicly uncomfortable moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how to network, by the way, kids. No. Don't don't go in for a kiss. I'd say that's pretty low on the uh, well, <laughs> list of things to do. And the and the, the the connection there was, you know, he was drunk. He well, didn't even course, remember yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. No, in the in the book, he tells the story about he did not even remember it. Yeah, but it's it's good. It, I mean, it was horribly embarrassing. You know, he if you missed that, that this was going back probably at least fifteen years. I think probably about fifteen yeah. years. And you know, he was openly flirting and almost went in for a kiss on the ESPN reporter. Uh, was it Susie Colbert? I think yeah. it was Susie Colbert. Yeah. He actually said, well. I want to kiss you. I want to kiss you. Yeah. And it was, um, it couldn't have been more horrible. <laughs> but however, and it was obvious he was drunk. However, you know, he's bounced back. I mean, he, he used that as, as a, as a um, inspiration to get into therapy or dry out in some sense. I don't remember exactly, yep. but and, he's sober uh, and, and he's, he's back. Yep. Yep. And he's back and. Um, he's got this new book out and, you know, I'm a, I'm a football fan and I'm a sports fan, but particularly he, you know, he, it's interesting cause he was one of those ones that, uh, several of us have talked about where both fathers and daughters kind of had this, you know, wow, that's a cool person. You know, your dad oh, did right. and you Everybody did. Loved him. Yeah. Everybody loved him. And, um, yeah, men wanted to be him. Women wanted to be with him. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, so, but good book. If you're listening, if, if for any of your listeners who are looking for a good re-listen in the car his autobiography his autobiography and okay. i'm actually now listening to elton john's which is also another interesting how about that some did, crazy stories in that one i get i take it you get a lot more detail than you do in the in the biopic did you see the the film i did not Rock see it that's on my list pretty good although after you've read the the autobiography i imagine it'll be a little bit of a letdown because yeah. it's a little bit of a weirdly shot movie but it's good it's good i'll give you a tip and then you can tell me if it's good or not and you can give me one back in terms of networking, because it is, like you say, you now you mentioned your newsletter. That's a way to hit people en masse. But I'm thinking more about the people that they want to network with new people, but they want to network with existing relationships as well. You know, and me having come from the world of law and having been a financial advisor, I know there's there's actually a, a science to it. And so, like when I was a financial advisor, if there was like a lawyer that had sent me some business. I want to show gratitude to that lawyer. I want to show that when I have the opportunity, I will return the favor, but I want to do it all in a very natural way. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to like immediately when they send me a case, you know, send over a box of a carton of scotch or something. Uh, I mean, unless they completely adore scotch, but I guess where I'm going with this is here's my tip is think about um, yeah, the word, the word I'm going to use is gifts, but it's not even gifts. It's like uh, thoughtfulness. How do you send thoughtfulness to this person? Gesture. Okay. Yeah. Gestures. It, 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 gesture. It can be something tangible, but it doesn't have to be. Because in this world of emails and tweets and impersonal you know, texts, um, to get something maybe in the mail um, and something that is particular to that person is very interesting. That I remember being in training at Bernstein, and the, the example they gave was a guy had a meeting with the, you know, first time meeting with this potential source of business and they're just shooting the breeze, this and that. And, and fly fishing comes up the, the, this powerful lawyer that the, he wanted to network with adores fly fishing. The guy said, so I went downstairs uh, after the meeting and went to the bookstore, found a good book on fly fishing. I said, Hey, I was just passing by, just passing by, you know, quotation fingers, the bookstore. And I noticed this and I, we were just talking about it. So I thought you might enjoy it. Or a mag, even like a magazine, a magazine about fly fishing, maybe even better because he, because yeah. the book he might already have. So, and you stick that in an envelope and that costs you all of, you know, $3 and 75 cents. And you know, when that guy opens it, you know, hopefully it hits the right note, but hopefully the guy says, oh, geez, that's so nice. He was thinking of me. How did he know, you know, yeah. how do you know I would have liked this? So 
Good? Bad? Excellent. Excellent. Because here's what happens with that. A lot of people think about that. Mm -hmm. Negligible people do it. Right. Right. That's true. It's true. So I have told my audiences, I do this as a bit of a test for the last two years, um, about sending a handwritten thank you note. Yep. And I said, my address is on the website. You know, I'll put it in the, it'll be in the newsletter that comes out to you sort of a thing. I probably get 1%. One percent of people who write me a handwritten thank you note. Really? Even though I have said. And um, so here's a fun Boston story. Sure. I was on a flight to teach at the University of Texas Law School. Mm-hmm. Hit turbulence and it was it was bumpy. Yeah. It was bumpy. The man across the aisle from me was really not doing particularly great. And at one point when the bump was so bad, our arms went in the air and he grabs my hand across the aisle. <laughs> and he is clutching my hand like he's panicking he's yeah and um you were panicking slightly less or you weren't panicking i wasn't panicking (laughs) one you know i've flown a lot and two i um i had in the past dated a a pilot who had a Mm. four-seater and so i was used to bouncing in a little four-seater and frankly i don't mind in a four-seater in a jet it's a different story i'd rather not bounce in a jet but i you know i'm a pretty calm person on that Mm -hmm. so i said two magic words tell me Tell me what's taking you to Texas. And that got him talking. Mm. So tell me is a magical phrase in any environment to get someone to talk in a networking event. And in this situation, it was not a networking moment, but it was a nervous thing. So he was saying I was he's going to Dallas to do some stuff with football. This wasn't at the exact moment where he's grabbing your hand because of the turbulence, is it? I said, tell me what's taking you to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like it was like people were screaming and stuff. And oh, people grabbing- were screaming. Okay, and so you told him, you asked him this. This is to get his mind. This was to- get, get him distracted. <laughs> okay, I said, tell me what's taking you to Texas. He says Got football, okay. right. and I said, really? I teach people how to watch football. And he looks at me like with mm-hmm. that little bubble of his head that he's not going to say it out loud. Like you do know you're a girl. And mm-hmm. so I go into this long story. Is that one of the? See, I didn't realize this. Is one of the versions of the talks you do is teaching. Yeah. teaching. Is it? Is it specific for for it's, women? Or it's no, for anyone. It's a networking story because if you can't speak sports, particularly in Boston, you cannot network. Yeah, you got that right. So yeah. it is not a woman thing. In fact, right. I'm a little bit adamant about that because okay. I think that um, it's amazing. So the secret audience that I've discovered with this workshop. Yep. Because I put it online. Mm-hmm. Is it's American men who don't know how to watch football and they're too embarrassed to say they <laughs> they're, don't know. They're out. They are absolutely out there. Yeah. There's I, a lot of them. Yeah. So this guy and I are in the, you know, American Airlines and I'm just telling me what's taking to Texas. And I'm talking about mm-hmm. my dad who had no sons. And I went to watch football with him as a, he was a college professor. So every Saturday of my childhood, things calmed down. And I said, you know, well, since we've held hands, sure, sir, should we say, should we introduce ourselves? Nice. And he said, sure. My name's Gene DeFilippo. And I said, how come your name's familiar to me? And he says, I'm the athletic director for Boston College. (laughs) So flash forward. Gene DeFilippo was a coward when it comes to flying. Just kidding. No. (laughs) And so flash forward, I called him and said, would you want to teach football with me? I left a message for his receptionist. He calls me back very thoughtful and says, Diane, I'm 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 going a zillion miles. No. Right. You know, but he was thoughtful to return the phone call. Yeah, that is big. Then I wrote him a handwritten note when I read about him in the wall in the Boston Globe that he was retiring. And I said, do you want to teach now? Mm. Out of that, we taught at the British consulate. Out of that, we got onto CBS Night News. Come on. Wow. Um, that's fantastic. Go to watercoolerfootball.com yep. and you can see the clip from CBS News. 
Really? So, and the subject was on teaching football to non-football fans? Yeah. Or? And the biggest audience is mm-hmm. not only men, but it's also the international population. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Because, you know, you come over here from India or, or even um, from London, and yeah. you're probably not going to know American football And so the well. funny thing is, all the Americans who go to India and London want to learn how to watch cricket. <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a British version of there's a re- Diane Dowling across the pond who's yes. teaching dumb Americans how to uh, how to watch. Um, I, I got to stop that accent; it's terrible. Yeah, I, um, I don't, cr- cricket is not something I think. Yeah. So where do you I'm know go- how to play cricket? No, I mean okay. But where I'm going with this is sending yeah. a handwritten note. Um, mm-hmm. So I now really like, and I again I really like postcards because. Nobody has to open up the mail. There's nothing secret about it. You know, it's going to go through 10 people's hands from the mailman, you know, to the secretary to up to the person who gets it. But it's a quick visual and it's not long. And I like to hand write those actually, um, because it's, 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 it is a little bit more personal, but to go to, so that's one gesture. But Mm -hmm. when somebody does give me a piece of business, I offer to, give them finder's fees. I offer to take them to dinner. I offer to sit down and do some coaching for them. You know, LinkedIn, you know, what would be helpful to you? Mm -hmm. Um, So part of it is getting to know them. Um, The very first referral I got, so to kind of jump back to the very beginning, I got a phone call. So I had a business that failed partially because of September 11th. I was going to start a business called Lost and Found. We were going to help airlines and hotels manage their lost and found inventory. Wow. So you leave your watch in a hotel because you were running late. And then, you know, it's the watch from your grandfather. It might be a Timex, but it's your grandfather's, you know, and the hotel doesn't really want that. So we Mm -hmm. were working on all of this. I made lots of mistakes in this, including taking out all my savings and putting it into the business and then having September 11th happen and the business was gone. Wow. So I lost everything financially. Has anyone, did anyone ever pick up the mantle on that? No, and I would love to. It's It's a a good idea for a business. It's a great idea for business. I have lost, oh God, I've lost, uh, I'm like, I usually lose my favorite shirt because So I become a, (laughs) I become a lost and found therapist when I tell people about this story. I have a story about losing my favorite shirt. Yes. No, doesn't everyone? Or, or, or a suit coat or something like that because it's usually the closet because you forget you're in the hotel you forget to check the closet you look under the bed but that's not where your shirt is your favorite shirt that you hung up you don't look under the bed everybody looks under the bed why i do it's just something that you do some some hotels actually put like have put like a little uh message like under the bed that that says something like make sure you get everything or whatever it says because they know people are going to look under there really you don't look under the bed i do not okay (laughs) um Uh, maybe i'll start now (laughs) no i don't it's one of those things that people do like kicking the tires of a new car even though it's not going to tell you anything you just feel like kicking the tires so um lost so lost and found so you failed so again failed and then so i'm i was at a networking event for that i had been part of uh getting this organized organization started at the time called digital e for women in technology and a woman came up to me and she said you know what I would love it if you could do a workshop about networking. Mm-hmm. And I looked as stupid as I could possibly look. And I'm like, why would I do a workshop about networking? And she said, I know this business didn't work out, but I'm really curious how you got your sales, your meetings. Yeah, You got a meeting with the general manager of the Four Seasons. You got a meeting with the security director at the Lenox Hotel. How did you get to that? And I'm like, 
well, let's see. I knew somebody at the Lennox whose brother was there and they said, you know, oh, my cousin was just telling me about how they just, you know, they found somebody's headphones, you know. Yep. And then um, at the Four Seasons, it came up again in a similar situation. So they said, could you do a workshop on how you network? And I said, what would you like to know? Because I still want to hear what you need to hear. Right. So that's one thing that I will share is what does the other person need? Mm-hmm. And then step. So I'm dyslexic. So I often will say, what is it that you're looking to accomplish? And then I can figure out where I can fit in. How does the dyslexia fit in there? It's backwards. Instead of me trying to pitch to you (laughs) and me trying to sell, let me tell you how great I am. And I'm saying, step back, let me do it backwards. Let me think about what do you need and how can I fill that in? So this woman That's came up. some kind of jujitsu. You're using your dyslexia to your advantage, I'll, I suppose. Yeah. You've In heard theory. about how I introduce myself. I don't say my name first. No, you didn't. No. I'm, I'm the speaker. My name is Diane Darling. I'm your neighbor. My name is Diane Darling. I'm yeah. the cousin of the bride. My name is Diane Darling. You say that part first. Why? Because people because will hear that Because if I first. say, hi, I'm Diane Darling, I get, Darlene, nice to meet you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? They get, and then they'll get your They're name They're not right. listening for my name. The name is not the important thing. The That's name what is saying. not the important okay. thing. It's what's the You're connection. Right. You're right. Yeah. But you know? they still have to remember your name. Well, I you hear you, but, it, but also if I say my name is, so if I say, you know, and the p- person who gets this are parents. They have no name for 20 years. My mom was not Ann Darling. She was Diane's mom. Most people are going to be known for something, which is why, which is why networking go hand in hand with like yeah. per- personal yeah. branding. Like I want people to know me as the podcast guy, you know? There you go. So, um, so this woman came up to me everybody. and she said, could I do this workshop? And I said, give me, you know, five or six questions. And she goes, how do I get out of a conversation? How do I pick which event I go to? Yep. You know, how do I um, follow up without being awkward? You know, how do I say thank you? And I said, so I did a workshop mm-hmm. um, at Deloitte um, and it was December 4th, I think, 2000. This was before September 11th. Mm-hmm. And, um, and somebody said, you know, I'd love to hire you for my company to, for you to do that workshop. Can you, what's your speaking fee? <laughs> you didn't have one. I'm like, um, let me get back to you. <laughs> and so that is, and so then $10,000, I mean, yeah, $100. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and so then a couple months later, I get a phone call from the wall street journal. We heard about your workshops. I'm Come like, on. how did you hear about my workshop? She, she says, hello, networking. It was Joanne Lublin from the wall street journal. So mm-hmm. she wrote an article about me in the Wall Street Journal that appeared in the paper December 4th, 2001, less than 60 to 90 days after September 11th. Mm. My phone rings that day. The first phone call was, congratulations, you're in the Wall Street Journal. Would you like to buy a plaque? Of course. I'm like, God love the USA. Well, we used to pull that at Lawyers Weekly too, to be fair. I bet you did. <laughs> and then the second, uh, another call later on, and I don't remember which one. Oh, came. you know what, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you, Diane. Sometimes, the, we discovered, sometimes the people selling you the plaque have nothing to do with the paper. Now, I don't know if that was the case with the Wall Street Journal. No. Yeah, same. But, it's um, a plaque company. Oh, see? There you go. We used, That used to piss us off at Lawyers Weekly. We write this brilliant article, and then somebody calls them and says, hey, your article in Lawyers Weekly, would you like it on a plaque? Hey, yeah, yeah. It's not yours to sell people. Anyway, go ahead. And so two other phone calls that day, I do not remember which one came first. Okay. One was, I'm from McGraw Hill. I'm an acquisitions editor. Would you like to write a book? Come on. You're making this sound so nope. easy. It, uh, and, and I make people cry. I do make people. And another phone call was, this is NBC Nightly News. We'd like to film your next workshop. When is it? And I said, it's tonight. And she said, great. I'll send over a film crew. And I'm like, holy moly, I got to go home and change because I was not TV friendly. 
And then President Bush called you and said, Diane, I just want to thank you in this time. Yes. Of great, yeah. <laughs> that could have been the next call for, for so, so, it was a so, wi- then, so it was a wild day. And right. so, you know, I mean, and so I tell people that is how I got my book contract. Mm-hmm. And that really is. I mean, fortunately, I had a piece of paper and I wrote down this woman's phone number because otherwise I don't know what I would have done. I was I, I thought it was a prank at first. I really yeah. did. But um, so what But what are the lessons? Because not everybody can do that. Not everybody has that kind of fortune. It sounds like the the turning point was the probably the Wall Street Journal article, because that's right. But, or, and my point is, I didn't. And when I asked the Wall Street Journal, I said, who told you about me? And she goes, let me find out. And the name of the person I didn't know. That's interesting. When she told me this woman's name, I'm like, I have no idea who Martha so-and-so is. Mm-hmm. I now know who Martha so-and-so is, and I have taken her to dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where I'm going with this is yeah. some of your champions may not be the people who you think they are. Uh, I believe that a thousand percent. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the reverse is true. The people, Absolutely. That, the people that you think you're going to be reliant to always support you may fall short. And when that happens, just, you know, dust yourself off. And, but you're right. Um, that's why. See if you like this analogy. Um, this is one of my colleagues at um, the financial firm, Bernstein, told me this, that um, networking is kind of like uh, sh- practicing golf at a driving range. And I'm not a golfer, so I wouldn't pick this analogy, but what the hell? And you're there and, and the golf instructor is telling you, okay, shorten up a little here and grip it here. And oh, okay, let it go. Smack. There goes the ball. And then a fog rolls in. And so you can't, and now you're hitting balls and you don't even, you can't even see where the balls are going. And the instructor's going, it's okay. Keep hitting them. You're hitting them good. How do I know I'm hitting them good? I don't see where the ball is going because your swing is good and you're being consistent and whatever. Let's say for the sake of argument, you are doing the swing right. correctly. And he said, that's what networking is like. You have yeah. to keep hitting the balls. You don't Good know, analogy. right. You don't know when it's going to come back to you. You don't know what's the winning shot or however you want to stretch that analogy. But, but it will, if, if you have, it's sort of, you got to have faith though. You got to keep yeah. doing it. That's why you got to be disciplined about it. Right. Yeah. So the, so the main point of this is, is that there are a lot of people out there who like you, who care about you, who want to help you succeed. Thank and you, you may and not oh, know wait, who they are. You weren't necessarily talking about me. I am talking about you, but you know, <laughs> It's you, you may yes, not know no. who they are and right. they may not make themselves known. Right. So part of it is it's why in some cases, social media can be a, a good thing is you can reach a lot of people who I'm going to be going to Phoenix soon. And I went on to LinkedIn and I put a note, I'm heading to Phoenix with the dates and I tagged some people in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. There was one woman who called me and said, I would love to take you to dinner. You have meant so much to me. I had wow. no idea. I had no idea. Right. So, um, I don't, you know, I would guess a lot of what a lot of your success is due to the continuing, uh, the speaking engagements. Would, would you agree? I mean, listen, you, you've written a, a book that, um, you know, that voiceover artists are clamoring for. So that's great. That's great. And I've known you for the book. Um, the reason I say speaking engagements might be particularly, um, powerful is because you get to look people in the eye. Like yes. you can't do that with a newsletter. You can't do, th- and, and you're looking, you know, as as many as 200, 300, 1,000 people have you spoken in front of, maybe? Oh, more? More. More, okay. More. So, and you're looking at, now you don't know all their names, obviously, right. but they know your name, right? Yeah. They've, they've got the psychosocial thing. What did you call it? The, they like the Oprah thing. They think they know you. Parasocial. Parasocial. Para, right. They got like the para- I have a parasocial relationship again with Joe Namath, with Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, me too. Um, there you go. I mean, a lot of those people, you know, you, 
if you saw them in person, there would be a little bit of a startle, but there would also be like, oh, you know, you kind of want to have a chit chat and they have no clue who you are, you know. And that's funny because you talked about talking about uh, the professor and you talked about Joe Namath, you talked about, but uh, but for, for this person, it was you. It's me. Yeah. It's me. That's cool. I mean, it's only happened once, but I remember getting on a plane and one person says, are you Diane Darling? Mm-hmm. Everybody in first class turned around. I'm like, yep. they were a little disappointed that I, you know, I, I'm not a rock star or anything. That <laughs> The name is a good one. And I, and I know that it's a, it's a it's blessing a for sure. But um, he had seen me speak at a BNI event mm-hmm. and said, you know what? I'd love to have you speak. And it was a leasing conference. And again, so many of the businesses these days are referral based businesses, right? You know, you can do all kinds of advertising and I'm not bashing advertising in the slightest. Having said that, I think it does not change when someone says, Oh, Diane, you know, you should, you'd really like this restaurant or Diane, this is really not your movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to see a movie that was really bad and I'm like, did I not like it? Cause I'm a girl or did I not like it? Cause it was a violent movie. Um, how dare you say that about Quentin Tarantino? Was that it? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but what you're saying, you're saying, I mean, you wrote the networking survival guide, not the advertising survival guide. It's to me, they are such different animals. And, and really, if, if we want to go sort of overly simplistic here, if you're selling, if you're the person in charge of selling Dunkin' Donuts or Tylenol, or I don't know, online subscriptions to, you know, YouTube plus or whatever, um, you need advertising. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're consumer based. Um, if you're in the professional world, like all the people who come to hear you speak, um, advertising might be part of the puzzle, but you're how, but there are going to be very few times where someone operating at a high level gets a call, say, Hey, I saw your ad or I heard your ad yeah. on NPR and I want to hire you right now. You want to think about this as a funnel. So I think of, you know, the big, big, you know, part of the funnel is marketing. Advertising is a part of it, but marketing, right. you know, you know who Fidelity is, you know, who, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are, you know, who, whatever these, and then the next part of it is who do you know at right. that organization? I happen to know, blah, blah, blah. I happen to know that person. And then the next part is to have that person ideally introduce you to, let me introduce you to the decision maker, or actually here's almost a better one. Let me introduce you to the admin assistant of the decision maker. Yeah, you got to make friends with the admin assistant. Yeah. And when I spoke at Yale Law School, I said, when you meet partners and when you start getting to know people, you want to have a piece of paper in front of you. And when that person answers their phone, most often women, not always, write down her name. Right. And so, you know, I just or his sh- name. Or his name. And say, you know, want to be sure I got that correct. So the next time you call for partner so-and-so, you know, you can address. And that if person. you can, you, and especially if you see this person in, per, in person, you know, treat them with respect and treat them like a person. But if you can chat them up, you know, let's say Janet or or Jan or Jan Michael Vincent or Jimmy um, has, you know, is the administrative assistant to the person that you want to meet and have a relationship with, and you know that you comes up that Jimmy has a dog named Ralph, and you can, so every time you can say, "How's Ralph doing?" And then you hope that Ralph hasn't passed away because that would be bad. But, True. I was helping I was helping a nonprofit raise money one time and they had identified, you know, high net worth people with capacity who right. had the money to donate. But they were not getting very far with this one person. Mm-hmm. And I said, What do you know about him? You know, Rich, you know, works was a CEO at a nonprofit, but that's almost as good because you can get the salary of right. that person because right. of public public records. For sure. And so um I said, Well, Okay, what else do you know about? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, have you been on their LinkedIn page? Why would I go to LinkedIn? I'm not looking for a job. I'm like, oh my God. So I sat down yeah. with this person. We went and looked at the LinkedIn page. I said, look at all of his groups. Right. Now I you said, know something about What's them. the pattern? Three groups of BMW motorcycles. I said, is there anybody on your board who rides? There you go. See, that's genius. And See, she said, oh, I never thought about that. I'm like, okay, have your board member call Joe and Joe and your board member are going to go for a motorcycle ride. It's a, that's fantastic. That's a, a winner times a thousand. And it's really simple. Get, get to know people, listen, listen for things that will help you along the way and then figure out a way to connect with the person. And, and like you said, LinkedIn isn't, um, LinkedIn is for job seeking, although it's, it's not easy. Um, but it's for meeting people. I, I think you've said it. In other words, how I say this to people all the time, people joke, oh, I don't know what to use LinkedIn for. Or I just got a bunch of connections, not doing anything. It's like, well, with the moment where you want to meet the general counsel of Reebok and you don't, that person doesn't know you from Adam. Well, if you've, if you're, you're active on LinkedIn, you have, you know, a thousand connections or whatever you have, you look, and now I know three people that, um, that know this guy by one connection away. And so you call up, you know, Sally, we went to law school together. How are you doing? I notice on LinkedIn, you're connected to Joe Big Shot. Um, so the first thing make- I then, the next thing I say is, is that a false positive? Okay. You I see. give her an there out. there are a lot. I there give her an out. Yeah. I, I say, you know what, is that somebody you really know? If so, here's why I would like to pursue the conversation. I also want to let her know saying, I don't remember who it was. I thought that I met them you know, I, or they were a cousin at a wedding. Right. I can't, I really can't help you. It happens for sure. It happens. Yeah. Cause it happens to me. Hey, how well do you know? So-and-so you're connected on LinkedIn. I'm like, I am, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least hopefully for, you know, two out of three or, or hopefully even more that you're, you're going to be comfortable enough to make a, an introduction. Most to of them the are le- legit. And so what I do in that moment is I'll say, you know, David, I see, you know, so-and-so, and I'm wondering if you could make an introduction. Right. Here is why I would like to make the introduction. And then I say, David, would it be helpful for you if I wrote an email that you can forward? Yeah. That's I perfect. take the work yeah. away from you. You should. And I'm like, you know, here's the little email, you know, and then you can say, you know, Hey, you know, Kathy, I want you to meet Diane and you can cut and paste all that sort of stuff and, you know, add in. And here's where I saw her speaking. You can promote me more than I would probably promote myself. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example of the way it can work perfectly. And this isn't even a networking story. It's a client helping story or something. But when I was at Bernstein, I had a client who, had a little wonderful little girl who had some pretty serious um, physical disabilities and was trying to get her into a school that had a waiting list. Okay. And so I'm just trying to be a resource to my client. It didn't necessarily have anything to do with her financial plan, but I figured if I can maybe do something. So, so I look on the, to see um, if I know anyone like on the board at the school. No, but my friend Chuck is one connection away from a guy on the board. So Chuck, how well do you know this guy? Yeah, actually I know the guy pretty well. I'll make an intro, blah, blah, blah. I get an introduction to the guy. I tell the guy, I don't know if you can do anything, but apparently, you know, my client's daughter is like 12th on the waiting list. She's, she's really upset about this, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know, those, those are tough. You know, as you can imagine, we have to blah, 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 blah. I get the run around. I'm like, well, you know, I tried, I tried. I can go back to my client and say, I did make a call there. Who knows? And it, it, this was like a friggin' miracle. Like with, <laughs> like she calls me the following like Saturday and says, David, you're not going to believe this. She's in. And I said, what? She said, did you do something? I said, well, I told you I made that call. I don't know if it, to this day, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it was uh, just the, the, the networking and connecting with people 
can make you into Superman. I mean, right? It can. I will also say you have to have ethics. And we've witnessed this with the college admission scandal. Well, of course. So there's a difference between what you did and said, I just yeah. want to put this on your person on your radar. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I <clears throat> hopefully no rules are broken. I, and, sort of and, I'm, and I'm not saying, saying, I'm not implying that there is. But but this is also why in some cases networking gets a bad, bad rap is because there that, is yeah. a perception yeah. of elitism or that person was someone looked and said, oh, wow, you know, their house is worth five million and the other 11 people on the waiting list, their house right. is only worth one million. So the five million is going to make a bigger donation down the line. You know, that sometimes that's just life. Yeah. But at the same point, I don't I mean, I, I think it's not a bad thing to say. I just want to put this person on your radar. Well, you've said it. I mean, I can defend networking all day long because the currency should be trust and not money. Right? Exactly. So the, so the the only reason why I got to that guy was my friend. Chuck trusted me. Chuck had a relationship with this guy, so much so that he could say, you can trust me. This guy, Dave, he's going to, you can trust him. You know, if you can do him a favor, he's a guy worth doing a favor for, whatever he said, whatever. Yeah. But, but, so I got an email from a friend from college um, saying her son really wanted to work for the Red Sox. Could I help him out? That's a tough one. Yeah. And I, you did. I said, I don't know your son. I've oh, never met your son. That's a good lesson too. I said, I'm really sorry. No, but wait a minute. This is your friend? Someone you know pretty well. well this, or, so I knew her a long time ago, but the last few times I've bumped into her, she's not been particularly friendly and welcoming. Okay. And and I want to go into the bucket that, you know, she really likes, right or wrong, people who are in the packages of you're a family, you're married, you've got kids, I'm single, I don't have kids, I don't fit into that package. You know, I'm. she's not been as nice to some of us who did not kind of follow a traditional path. Okay, so but it sounds like maybe that's why. Well, it was both. Okay, it was both because one, two things. One is that I was I was also like you should have been in touch with me. You summer in Nantucket, we could have had coffee plenty right. of times when you were in town. And I've 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 been very welcoming to her all of these years, and I've never got anything in return. Okay, well done. And then when it comes time for the favor, the bank is empty. Okay, there's nothing good. in the account. Right. Well, I'm, know, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You know, and, so and, that, and some people, sadly, are like that. They're takers. They're much, takers. Much, yeah, and they're that's takers. my point. She's yeah. a taker. Yeah. And so okay. if I had met her son once or twice, I could legitimately say, David, I want you to meet this kid. I've not I've not met him or seen him since he was 11, right. but he's an energetic kid. I do feel positive about. But because there isn't that whole right. that circle. Right. It it. It, and pe when people are takers, that's a tough thing. And that at some point when the well is dry, yep. I'm going to go to the person who I didn't know who she was, but she remembered me. That's yeah. the person who I'm going to say, I, if she called me, she doesn't even have kids. But if Martha, who made, made the introduction to the Wall Street Journal, called me and said, hey, Diane, you know, could you, you know, sit down with my son and give him any career advice? I would make that call. That's why it's worth taking a few minutes of every day to do uh, to help someone who's, you know, sometimes it's nice if you can do it proactively. Hey, I just saw you started a new business. By the way, you know, I know this guy that can help you do X, Y, Z. Terrible example, but whatever, you yeah. get the point. Or it's just, I try to jump on any time, you know, someone says, someone asks me for help. I try to. I'm not perfect. I, I do miss emails and stuff like that. But, hey, do you know anyone over at so-and-so I could help use an introduction? I don't even want to think about all the emails I've missed. I will say a shout out to anybody <laughs> yeah. there who I owe an email yeah. to. Call me, message me. It is nothing personal. I have 10,000 in my box. And if there was some, 
even if I had an admin assistant, which right now I don't, and it's just not in the, yeah. in the well, books. Well, I think I was guilty of it with you, as a matter of fact, or, or maybe something. We, we had connected at one point, and then just recently, I just sort of saw you pop up on LinkedIn. I was like, why haven't I had Diane Darling on my podcast before? And so, and so, But it goes to show you, we knew each other well enough in the past that, that the, you know, the well had still had some, uh, yeah. <laughs> some water no, in it. Yeah. So, but anyway. There's, and also, you know that there's good intentions, whereas... Yeah. And also it was, I'm being a little bit of a rag, but you know, when she writes me and says, it looks like everything's going well on Facebook. I'm like, of course, that's what Facebook is about. You have no idea what's going on in my life. (laughs) You have no idea. And this is somebody who I had been with. I had held her hand multiple times when life was not good. Right. Yeah. It, there are people like that out there, but that's why you keep. So don't be a taker. Do not be a taker. And if you've been a taker, own that you've made mistakes. If she had said to me, you know what? I've really dropped the ball. Yep. You've been so nice that every time we're in Nantucket and we post on Facebook that you've said, hey, we'd love to grab a coffee. I have dropped the ball. Yep. I'm sorry about that. Could we grab a call? And here, by the way, I would also like to see if you could help my son. Well, and then to continue the thought, she should then say, I'm going to let you off the hook and say, if you don't want to do this favor for me, I completely understand. And, you know, I, I, Lord knows I don't really deserve it. Um, but I'd like to make it up to you. And if you see, see fit to, you know, yeah. do whatever the thing is, you're right. That's it just goes to show there's a right way to do almost anything, right? There's, exactly. a way, there's a right way to ask and there's an art to that. And that's why you coach people. Right? I do. Yeah. I do. It's interesting because I will also say I don't coach a lot of people because I'm not sure a lot of people are really coachable. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty picky about who I coach and cause I think some people just want a place to go to vent and that's a therapist and I'm not qualified. Mm. But um, I will say that when somebody comes to me for coaching. By the way, Diane, I've been feeling kind of empty inside. Mm. Can we talk about that for the next 90 minutes? No, just I'm kidding. not qualified. <laughs> oh, right. You just said that. I was listening. Go ahead. Um, but um, it's got to be somebody who's really, you know, looking for some transformation. They're mm-hmm. looking They're looking for un- something to be uncomfortable because I'm going to make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push them in and say, you know, why don't why you want to make that call or have you dropped the ball? Or, you know, or, you know, what is going on there? You forgot to turn the alert on your phone off during in the middle of a podcast or one of those things. It's okay. I forgive you. I trust you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, That was your friend asking, uh, begging once again to um, make a call to get them into school or whatever that thing was. Um, We are. I'm sorry. Did did I cut you off? Did you want to finish that thought? I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, I'm good. We're up against the clock a little bit. We're going to play a brief game of good stuff where... um, Diane has a couple apps to recommend. Don't you always want the new app on your phone? And I have a movie that uh, came out like four years ago, but I bet you haven't seen it. I'm going to recommend that. So without further ado, let's play. Now, you know what? A little bit further ado. I do need to tell you about what we do here. Briefly, at the Boston Podcast Network, we can produce a podcast for you kids, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice through this exciting new medium, which goes hand in hand with all the great networking stuff that Diane Darling can teach you about. Right, Diane? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their heads, quite literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. You invite them on the show. I've already talked about this. And then, you know, it helps advance the relationship. It helps uh, get things done, kids. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com and pod we trust. Let's play this little segment called Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. 
having such a good time talking about you know war stories and everything. That, this is that, great. That, 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 um, I almost forgot to get to this <laughs> segment. So good <laughs> stuff is where we just recommend something good. It could be anything. Diane, you have uh, a couple of apps you want to tell people about? Yeah, so an app, people are often asking, I'm nervous. You know, how do I overcome my nerves? So an yeah. app I'll just share is Calm, C-A-L-M. And it's a good app. You can do a quick meditation or, you know, do something like that. Um, so that's one. Um, does the app, so does the app actually talk to you? This is one of these apps that I think I actually downloaded and then I never used because I'm, I'm too anxious and I didn't have the time to, to try it. <laughs> but it, does it actually talk to you or does it play music? Or it what talks is, to you. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually, maybe this is something I should come back for and you could help me out. I'm actually thinking about doing just a 30 second um, meditation for people. You know, you're getting ready to walk into a networking event. Oh, I like you it. You feel nervous. Yeah. You, you know, let's talk about normal nerves, you know, and I'll just say some things about yeah. normal nerves and, you know, and helping people think that, you know, the other people in the room are nervous too. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is go and make them feel important. Yeah. When I walk into a room, I typically go find the person who's all by themselves. This would be a cool thing for you to do. We could work on it together. Okay. But so wait, but wait, what, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking even bigger, right? Like um, the, the uh, you know, the 90 sep- second pep talk or something like yeah. that, you know? So you just hit a button exactly. and you hear your voice and in 90 seconds. So I do squats and then in I play, the ladies and room. And I play uh, queen music to get you I, oh, And I do oh, jumping jacks <laughs> and I do squats and I do all these power moves. I mean, and I, I learned this in when I was working on my first book, I had the incredible privilege of um, interviewing Bob Metcalf who invented mm-hmm. Ethernet. Mm-hmm. And I got to his house and he was going up and down the stairs. And at the time he was a bigger man than he is now. He's lost a lot of weight. Right. And um, he was getting himself winded. So the next day when he was getting ready to give a speech and he would be going up the podium, he want, wow. he would, he, and I'm like, you're a trustee at MIT. You've invented Ethernet. Why are you nervous? I want to do a good job. Yeah. yeah. I was really impressed. Was and so, pro- yeah. <clears throat> he has something called rehearsed spontaneity. Mm. So it, he wants it to sound like it's the first time. Other people have heard it, but he's said it a lot before. Right. So Calm That's is a smart. good one. Calm. Um, another app people always ask me is, how do I stay in touch with people? What do I do with my contacts? I have two apps that I use a lot um, that are CRM, customer relationship management tools, right. if you will. And um, one is based here in Boston called Close, C-L-O-Z-E. That, okay. And that I like because um, it's pretty user-friendly and it's really more about when was the last time you'd stayed in touch with people and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for something like Salesforce and you don't have the money for Salesforce because Salesforce is expensive, mm. um, Zoho, Z-O-H-O. Mm-hmm. And Zoho is a suite of tools and I've done some work with them in the past. Full disclosure, I'm not on retainer or anything like that with them. Okay. But I, they have hired me in the past. Um, <clears throat> but that's a whole suite of tools that you can actually do email marketing, the MailChimp, the constant contact can come out of there. If you want to have that little thing that pops up on your website says chat with me, that's on Zoho. Oh, I like that. If you want to have your accounting there, that's on Zoho. So it's, it's a suite of tools, but their CRM tool is their kind of um, flagship. Um, it you could run General Motors on that thing. It, really? It's it's pretty robust. So um, I like it, but it is for somebody who wants to have a, really a more of a sales tool. Um, so I use the Z- two together. Clo- right. Oh, I use them both. I use them both. So close, but they don't. They don't. Uh, what do you call it? Um, talk to each other. Do they? They probably could. They don't. I don't. Okay, you don't know. Talk. But if I make a phone call, it logs it in both. Oh, I see. You know, if I oh, okay. send an email because my email, my my uh, email is G Suite, 
you know, it, it logs all of that. And so I, I can go to either one of them in my information's there. And is, there's an online component as well, so you yeah. can access stuff um, on your on your PC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are great ones. Yeah. So those Excellent. are apps. Yeah. Okay. Another just quick shout out is I love CBS Sunday Morning. <laughs> is this the show you were on? No. <laughs> okay. That no, was a different it's one. not the yes. Okay. Yes. So and what do you love about it? Or who do you it love on it? It is the show I was on, actually. No, why I like it. So it, <laughs> what, what, it. No, it's just Jane Pauley, and she's from Indiana, and I spent some time in Indiana. Wait, forgive me, but Jane Pauley's still on? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, Jane. I should have known that. Yeah. No, she's she's the host of it now. Okay. I it see. was Charles Kuralt, Charles Osgood sure. back in the day. Yeah. It's, you know, you have a little bit of the news, but it also is just kind of some just healthy quality stories that, you know, you can share that make you not feel like the world is completely falling apart. Yeah. And and it's not necessarily la la or cushy or weird. It's just interesting profiles of people and companies and ideas and um it's well written and it's well produced and it's kind of my Sunday morning um church these days. That's a good, Yeah. That's a good tip because we live in the although there are many things uh troubling our society, we won't go into all of them. But we live in a golden age of storytelling because it's it's you see you hear about more and more great documentaries that are being done and podcasts of course i'm biased but it's a great podcast a great way to tell a story and network news they got to keep up and they've but they've been doing that for years actually they yeah. do those li- those little slice of life things and those are the most fun i forget who the reporter it might have even been charles there was a reporter who no it was the guy with the mustache i think anyway he had this thing where he would open like the phone book of uh, you know the whole world or the whole all of America or whatever, and just find a name, and he would call that person up, and the idea being that person has a story to tell, yeah. right? And it usually worked. No, I don't. We don't know if he, he scrapped a lot of them that we never saw, but right. it was. Very, but yeah, I love him. I mean, like as far as podcasts go, I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Me too. Yeah. You that, know, that's that's my weekend driving around. Yeah. It hits on uh, Sunday morning, maybe. Yeah. And I, yeah. I will say that I, I have an old phone and I now download lots of podcasts. It's my podcast. I just have cool. one phone just for all my podcasts. And um, I've listened to a lot on how to be a good speaker. I mm-hmm. listen to a lot um, that are just kind of, I, there's there's one on what your mother should have taught you, I think. Or, you know, lessons you didn't learn in history, yeah. you know, that are interesting profiles of people, kind of like the movie Hidden Figures that, you know, oh, yeah. who knew that these people existed, yeah. which is sad. But, um, you know, so part of it, I think those are there's a lot you can get about on podcasts for that. What's yeah. your favorite podcast app? Um, it's Adori, A-D-O-R-I. It's our partner, our platform for okay. a podcast. <laughs> no. So so that's um that's a self-serving one because we partner with the company Adori, but what's cool, but it is worth mentioning. I usually mention on the show anyway, because if you download the Adori app, um, that's an anagram for radio, by the way, throwback to the old radio days, A-D-O-R-I and your podcasts quote unquote come to life. There are images that actually pop up on the phone. Okay. And so like with this podcast, I'll, I will adorify it. And so if people are watching, they can see like pictures of you and a link to go buy your book. In fact, this is how this works. So now, as you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening on the Adori app, you can click and buy your copy of the Networking Survival Game. I don't get a kickback for the Networking Survival Guide by Diane Darling. And then I have a second one called Networking for a Career Success. There you go. They're both right there on the screen for your click through. That's the way the Adori app works. But, uh, you know, I mean, most people listen on Apple Podcasts, but there are plenty of places to find your podcast these days. And as long as you're listening, we're happy. So on the subject of great storytelling, my recommendation just for this documentary that I saw, I forget even how it came up, but 
I heard about this race called the Barkley Marathons, this mysterious race in Tennessee where people run, basically run through the woods for like as many as 60 hours in a row. It's insane. Let's listen to a little bit of the trailer. This sounds amazing. First rule of Barkley is don't talk about it. If you talk about it, then we don't, you're not going to be part of it. So it says every year the sports world's best kept secret takes place in Tennessee in 25 years. Somebody may have Only said something. Oh, you should think that's hard. You should look at this race they have down in Tennessee. Barkley's at their own edge of possibility, impossibility. If you're going to face a real challenge, it has to be a real challenge. You can't accomplish anything without the possibility of failure. So we got people like oh. running, running through the woods. Their legs are all cut up. And what it is is, here we go, listen to it. Famous bad guy, and he got out of this inescapable prison. He's talking about James Earl Ray, who inspired this race, believe it or not. I'll explain. Now, the trailer doesn't necessarily make for great podcasting, but so... It is the tale of this race called the Barkley Marathons. It was. It takes place near the prison where James Earl Ray was incarcerated. Um, of course, the assassin of MLK. And wait, that's that. Did I get my assassin right? I think. No, I'll, 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 I better make sure of yeah, that. That would be pretty that. embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he did. The, he escape. He. It, I, I had the same question. I'm like, I didn't realize he escaped. I was well, going to say, I. I don't know a lot of. I mean, I'm. I'm okay on my history. I didn't know. Yeah, he that, briefly escaped. Okay, and he it was it was MLK. Thank God I didn't get okay. that wrong. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, convicted of assassinating MLK at the Lorraine Motel, Lorraine Motel, nineteen sixty eight, and he did escape in nineteen seventy seven. Jeez, it wasn't that long ago. They were recaptured three days after. So he kind of wandered around the woods, and um, the guy who created these this race. He he says it's not a tribute at all to James Earl Ray. He says it's it's the opposite. It's how the people followed a path and caught the guy. I guess I don't know. It doesn't matter. But there's, it just adds a little myth to the story. But barely anybody finishes this race, and it's it's by invitation only. You have to like apply. Yeah. You have to apply and and scratch and claw to get into this torturous thing. Where for two. So the guy, the, I won't tell you what happens at the end of the documentary. But they've run it for like more than a dozen years, and only about a dozen people have even finished the thing. Most people quit at some point along the way oh. and it's uh yeah it's, it's they say it's more than 100 miles you know through these these thickets and then there's some mystery to it you have to find these checkpoints you have to find these paperback books and tear out the corresponding page of the book that goes to your race number so it's like geocaching at the same time uh, yeah a little bit of that too so people get lost and people get dehydrated and people oh, get wow. their feet get all torn up and so it's great fun well but i mean all you have to do is watch a documentary so that that um the doc is called the Barkley Marathons the race that eats its young and it's streaming I'm not sure where you just um, you'll find it it's on most of them one of the major uh, streaming services so Diane darling we are once again we are up against the clock but I want to thank you I want to remind people to find everything you need to know about networking at Diane darling.com and you'll find information on her books and all that kind of stuff did you have fun, I hope? I had a great time. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have you back sometime. Let's yes. do it again. Yes. Podcasting is all about networking anyway. And well, I'm we can talk about other topics too. Sure. I mean, geez, we just buzzed right through an hour and we could have kept going. 
Thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend, colleague, someone you want to network with. Do them a solid. Say, hey, you should listen to this podcast. It's about networking. How about we network? Not exactly how it works, but you get the point, kids. On behalf of Diane Darling, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.